We're going to do something very different today. It's a state of the church. I'm going to do this every single year. I want to talk about who we are, what we've done, what we've accomplished. Uh, and this has been an amazing year. Uh, before we dig into that, if you would turn to Psalm 71, because we're going to get in scripture today too. Um, let me kind of give you a, a, just a personal side uh, of this. Uh, I have never, ever loved uh, uh, what I'm doing more than right now. Uh, there clearly, uh, it was a lot more fun being a youth pastor, uh, it, yet being a senior pastor is, is got its own challenges. And what has happened is uh, when God called Pam and I to come here, I mean, we, we knew we were facing a challenge, and I'm amazed at what God has done. But, but what has happened too for me is I have never loved being in my position more. I have never loved you more. I love this church and I couldn't be more excited about what I do. But I've also never had more pressure on me. And I feel like uh, I've got to be sharper than ever. I've got to use my time better than ever. I can't have missteps. Uh, I need to think better. I need to make better decisions. And there's a couple things in my life that are not doing well right now. And, and I want to be honest with you about it. Uh, my assistant, uh, uh, Talia, uh, uh, told me, uh, shocked me uh, at the beginning of December when she said, Chuck, do you realize right now if someone calls for an appointment, they're not going to get in until March? And I said, it's that backed up. And she said, yeah. And then she made sure to schedule a time to, to really give me a heart-to-heart -heart talk. Part of her job is to evaluate my effective use of my time and energy. She, she really knows what my priorities are. And she doesn't let me get away with saying, oh, yeah, I'm doing okay if I'm not providing the kind of effort and energy in the right place that I should. And so what happened is she told me right now, in use of time, I'm getting a C but it's quickly descending to a D. Uh, and she said, you're just not doing what you're supposed to do. So I'll give you an example of that. Uh, I should be studying 20 hours a week, prayer and study. Uh, right now I'm studying about eight. And uh, she said, you cannot go on like this. You've got you've to pour more in because when I walk out here to teach you, you've got to know that I've been putting the time and effort in prayer. And she said, uh, you know what? I, she can tell. She can tell I'm slipping. And uh, so we got to change that. Uh, one other area I have not done. Uh, um, before, when I was senior pastor at CCV, I had three different men mentoring me, and I have not had time to have that happening, and that's affecting me in the leadership here too. So uh, we've gotten together, and, and, and this is a, a very tough thing for me to do, but uh, we've made it a decision that I'm just not going to be taking very many outside appointments, if any, uh, because what I need to do is I need to study, I need to pray, I need to pour time into the staff, I need to, to be mentored, uh, uh, and, and I actually need to be with my wife a little bit because she likes me. And... Uh, <laughs> So, so I just want you to know that. And I want you to know in saying that, I don't have any joy in that. I, I love people. Man, if I could be with every single one of you a lot, I would. Uh, but here's the good news. It's not that this church can't provide high-level pastoral care. We can. We have amazing pastors on staff. And, uh, you know, if you came and said, Chuck, I really need to see you to get help. Well, I think I could probably help you, but I bet you Daryl McLeod could help you better or JT, or Joel Hansma, or Catherine, or Patty, or Brian, or Doug Husen, or In other words, we have pastors available to really give you care and time, uh, but it's just probably not very often, if ever, going to come uh, uh, from me. And by the way, if you talk to my wife, Pam, she would tell you that's a good thing, uh, because if you came and met with me, I'd probably send you to one of them anyway, because they're better than I am. But uh, that's kind of the personal side of what I want to dig into today. But let's go into the more exciting side now of where we are as a church. Let's pray. Father, I pray and I ask that you guide this time right now. And I pray, God, that you would just uh, uh, really unleash upon us just a, a real clear 
understanding of what you've done and what you're going to do. And God, not only for the church family, but for us as individuals, you really truly are the God who gives us the desires of our hearts. And I thank you for that. In Jesus' name, amen. Uh, at times, you need to look at signs to know where you're going. And a church was in the midst of remodeling, and they decided that they not only wanted to put signs up to direct people to different places, but they wanted to have scripture verses to go with it, to have you have a better idea of what you were getting when you got there. So the senior citizens class uh, put up their sign, senior citizens class, but underneath it, it said Proverbs 20, 29, and it said, the glory of young men is their strength, and the honor of old men is their gray hair. Uh, the children's, that was a pretty easy one, Proverbs 22, verse 6. Train up a child in the way he should go, and even when he was old, he will not depart from it. The engaged couples put up uh, Matthew uh, 18, 22. He who finds a wife finds a good thing and obtains favor from the Lord. Uh, there were some of the men who wanted to put up the verse from 1 Corinthians 7, that it is better to marry than burn in lust. Uh, but that got shot down. <laughs> when they came to the nursery, they couldn't decide a verse that fit the nursery. And then someone said, I know what it'll be, 1 Corinthians 15, 51. Behold, I tell you a mystery. We will not all sleep, but we will all be changed. <laughs> um, when you look at this last year and you look for signs of what has occurred and how things have gone, I think you can't help but to get very excited when you look at just kind of the big picture of what occurred. So much happened, I can't tell you everything. But I want to get into some of the things because this really has been an amazing, amazing year for Crossroads Christian Church. And uh, it is exciting to see what God has done. If I were to, to tell you now, looking back, what I think the theme of this year was, let me tell you what it was. It was the, the giving of our heart's desire. Uh, we, we saw things that we wished would happen in five years happen now. Quicker, better, faster, and bigger than we could imagine. Uh, we saw uh, uh, people come to us that, that, that are uh, gifted and incredible, uh, both on staff and as a part of our body, that has just moved us to no end. When uh, I finally said yes to coming to this church, I'll never forget the day I sat down and, and I looked at my Bible and it was in Nehemiah 1. I was in my, my, my personal study time and there's a verse where Nehemiah is told by God, though my people are scattered to the heights of the heavens, I will regather them. And, and I know not to take the verse out of context, but I got to tell you, I felt God spoke to me that day. And he said, Chuck, part of the reason you're coming is because not only do you need to reach new people for Christ, you need to help regather the people who have Crossroad as their home church, but for some reason have lost it. And, and you know what? I thought, God, that's a primary focus of what I want to do. And I got to tell you, family after family has come up and said, man, this used to be our church home and now we're coming back. And, and, and all of you who've returned, I feel like you're an answer to that prayer and you're an answer to God's call to bring you back here because this is your home. Uh, uh, here's what's really cool. Just this last hour, uh, a dear couple, the Wagners, came up and said, we don't know why, but God called us here today, and God has told us this needs to be our home. And they were longtime members back with us. And we're watching God do that. But it would be easy to forget where we've come from if we don't see the big picture. Uh, um, two years ago at this time, the church was literally three months away from having the Evangelical Christian Credit Union start foreclosure proceedings on us. They were going to seize the property and sell it off because we were so far behind. We had over $550,000 in unpaid bills. We had $27,000 in the negative in our checking account. Uh, I mean, we literally, and, and none of you knew. And we were literally, you know, when you look back that far ago and you say, wow, we were on the edge. 
And today, you look at where we're at now, and you go, God, I can't believe that you've rescued us the way you have. Now, it's not with any joy that I tell you the next part of what I'm about to say. This year, starting in July, Evangelical Christian Credit Union did foreclose on seven major churches. They do not exist anymore. And we look at them and we think, God, that so we were so close. That could have been us. And uh, there must be a reason you chose to spare us. It, it's not that those people don't matter to God, not that those churches don't, but there has to be a reason. God said, yes, Crossroads gets to exist. This has been a tough year economically. We all know that. And Christian organizations have experienced it. This year, this last year, 1,500 Christian camps ceased to operate and went out of existence. 1,500 just closed their doors. And by the way, uh, uh, there's, there's other churches that are on the, the, the edge of teetering over and falling the wrong direction. And, and we're saying at a time when this country needs to be reached and the gospel needs to be preached more than ever, we can't let this continue to happen. But then I do step back and I say, God, you've saved us for a reason. You've caused this family to exist for a reason. By the way, I think it's been two years of amazing transformation. And there's a reason behind it. And, and I think that God looks at us and says, to whom much is given, much is required. We have to, to not just rejoice that we've made it. We've got to be people who say we're going to put ourselves out more than ever in service of a God who loves us and cares about us and called us to be a family in unity together for the purpose of exalting Christ and reaching the lost and being an amazing community together. And we've got to do that. We can't step back or hold back from that. That would be wrong for us to do. And God doesn't want us to do it. You know, I, I just got to tell you that, that I, this last year has been a blessing after blessing after blessing. Um, when I first got here, I was told by some of the leaders of the city of Corona that that power pole had to be moved. It was going to cost $750,000 to move that pole. And you know what? Last year at this time, I looked at that pole and I thought, God, we got to do it, but how are we going to do it? I don't know how we're going to accomplish this. And so we began to pray and pray and pray. And, and it was during this last year that I'm driving up Maine and I turn the corner and I see a big crane and it's next to the pole. And I, I mean, I heart leaped for joy. I thought, okay, they're going to move the pole and charge us for it, but at least it's going to be moved and no one will get hurt and, and we'll be in, you know, we'll find a way to somehow get the money and make payments or something. And so I'm driving up and we go up and we're talking to the construction workers and they're beaming and talking and laughing. Some of you remember we shot that booming video. They actually asked to be in it and uh, and they said we're so glad to do this for the church and we're like what do you mean and the city of corona and southern california edison got together and moved the pole for us isn't that incredible a pole that symbolized the problem became a pole that symbolizes the provision and pro providing of god and the favor we've experienced here and every time i see it i'm like god charged this church up with more vision like that and uh you know so i just think it's incredible it, it, it would almost be easy to drive by and forget that amazing blessing it, it might be easy to forget that a year ago at this time our, our generate ministry had only been on operation for about two and a half months they started in November, it was January, they were running about 120 people meeting out in the lobby. I remember pulling Tony aside and I said, Tony, my, my dream, my prayer is that you could run 150 by next year at this time. Do you realize we ended the year with the Generate Ministry running 1,150? Wow. Now I think about that. Who had the lack of faith? Uh, 
You know, think about that. Thousands more than we expected. And, and, and it's at a time that never could be more needed. Uh, across the United States, uh, we are failing as, as Christians, as churches, to reach the youth of this country. And by the way, the youth of this country have never been in more trouble. Uh, the sexual promiscuity, the sexual transmitted diseases, uh, the dropout rate. I know Corona and Norco is actually better than the nation, but weren't you shocked to hear that only 19% of the students in Indianapolis, Indiana are graduating from high school? Do you, we're losing this generation. We're losing them from the Lord. We're losing them. There, there's never been a bigger population of students in the United States except the baby boomers, and we've never had less attending church. Uh, and, and you know what? Being a former youth pastor and maybe still in heart one, my heart grieves over that. I also have become more and more aware partly because I get calls and ask for advice and, and ask for, to, to, to pour into people uh, to help their ministries be more successful. But I can tell you with sadness that, that right now I can't think, and I've been asking and asking, I can't find one major youth ministry across the United States that is larger today than it was five years ago except for Crossroads Christian Church. We're the only ones. And, man, if you're a parent, you praise God you're here because what's happening is incredible. See, last year we made a very clear strategic move to align our youth area ministry, student ministry, from fifth grade all the way to post-high school, post-college, so that there was a, a common thread of passionate commitment to Christ's cause and community. So it would be very easy to transition the students from group to group without losing them. And, and we would have the same challenge, the same mindset, uh, the same excitement happen. And, and God has been blessing that. Uh, on Friday nights, we have the Impact Ministry, which is led by my son, Tim, who is my favorite pastor on staff. Um, but <laughs> the best looking one, too. Anyway, uh, but you know what? Now, now catch this. Hundreds, last Friday, last Friday, the first baptism we experienced for 2009 happened on Friday night in the fifth and sixth grade ministry. And... Uh, on a holiday weekend, hundreds of people were there. Amazing things were happening. But, but I got to tell you, it's incredible to see. The girl who was baptized, she said this. She told my son, she said, I don't want to be baptized unless I prepare correctly. So she spent 30 days praying and journaling, preparing for her baptism. But see, I'm hearing that across the board. And, and let me say this as clearly as I can. To me, it's not numbers. It numbers, or, you know, that's just numbers. When the numbers mean people, when, when the number represents a transformed life, that's when it matters. And the fact that Wednesday night's running 1,150 is exciting to me because of the passion that's there. The fact there are hundreds of people uh, there on Friday night, that's exciting because of the passion that's there. You see, if you come in on a Wednesday night, let me give you a heads up, what you're going to see is you're going to see people out here talking and sharing and laughing and loving each other and pockets of prayer going on. And the other thing you're going to see, because I've been here and I look around, you're going to see not just thousands of students, you're going to see thousands of Bibles in their hands. And when the worship begins, they come and flood this area in worship with passion. And when Tony speaks, man, they're just with him there. And when the invitation's given, a flood of people are coming to make commitments to Christ. And when it's over, uh, uh, the team of leaders that he has, they go out and find all the non-Christians who didn't come forward and witness to them. And they don't even do it just here. They go all around the community witnessing. 
I, I was over at Dos Lagos just watching our generate people. Rather than just kicking back, they're walking around inviting people and sharing Christ with them. And they're doing it all over this area, making an amazing impact in what's going on. And, and we're watching that happen in every single way, in amazing ways, and it's exciting. So on Friday night, we're seeing a fifth and sixth graders walk, walk in with Bibles in hand, pray, and, and making amazing priority commitments. See, I'm pro sports, but you got to catch this. I've talked to parent after parent of fifth and sixth graders who tell me, my kids told me if it's sports or impact, I'm choosing impact. If it's sports or the Lord, the Lord comes first. I had a mom come up to me. You got to catch this. She said they had decided to surprise their daughter uh, last Friday night and, and take her to Disneyland. And they, they unveiled it to her and she goes, no, I'm not missing church. And, and that's what's going on. And we're not anti-Disneyland or sports. Man, I love sports. I, I had a dad whose uh, son is an amazing athlete. He said, Dad, there's no way. I'm not missing Bible study on Wednesday and, and, and Friday night impact. And here's what's blowing me away. I walk up to fifth and sixth graders who are carrying their journals and showing me what they're journaling. Uh, a couple weeks ago, actually about a month ago, I had two fifth grade girls in this service come up to me and say, hey, I was taking notes in your sermon. And they opened it up and their notes are better than my notes. That kind of maturity, that kind of passion is what we're getting. And it's not just in 5th and 6th. It's also in our 7th and 8th junior high, which meets on Monday night, which last Monday night, 173 junior hires showed up for church. And they had a baptism too, but they also are having just amazing commitments and passion. And if you walk in there, you see the passion and the worship and kids dropping on their knees and, and it just blows your mind. On Tuesday nights, there's hundreds of high school students and that's a very interesting study because it's a very intensive study. And hundreds there with Bibles and passion and excitement. And then you come on Wednesday and, and it goes to a whole new level. And we're seeing it happen over and over again. And we're seeing this group, this, this part of the Crossroads family cause a ripple in this community. I mean, like I said, you bump into to, to people all the time. I, I was standing at, uh, I, don't, I think it was Dos Lagos again. Maybe I spend too much time there. But, um, um, and, and, and a guy walks up to me and says, is this your church? And he holds up a, 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 a card from Generate because he got invited. And he goes, I don't know if this fits me, but they told me they want me. And, 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 and I'm seeing that happen. And, and then when it comes to, to other areas of our church, they're, they're truly a part of our family. When we did Operation Christmas Child this year, um, which I love. If you don't know what that is, we, everybody in the church hopefully gets shoeboxes and we fill them with toys and they're sent all around the world to children who wouldn't have a Christmas to bless them and tell them that they're loved and, and the impact it makes is incredible. It's through Franklin Graham's Samaritan Purse Ministry and Crossroads has had a history of being a part of that. Uh, uh, matter of fact, this year, 1,880 boxes were collected by our church family and sent... But Karen Smith, who heads, uh, heads that project up for us, was telling me something that occurred. Uh, uh, two girls who were at Santiago High School in a part of our, our ministry he here, wanted to, they, they filled all their boxes and wanted to get more. And so they prayed, God, we pray that you'd show us a way to get more. Well, they went to the Payless Shoes and walked in and said, do you have any shoe boxes we could get from you? And the lady looked at him and said, you're not going to believe this. It's never happened before. But a woman just came in and bought $3,000 worth of shoes, but she didn't want the boxes. She made me empty all the boxes, and here they're staying. We didn't know what to do with them. And they go, we'll take them. They go, they're yours. Well, they got so excited about all these boxes they got, they went to some of the administration at Santiago and go, could we go into classes and make presentations about Operation Christmas Child? And the administration said, yes. These two girls went to 18 classes. 
and showed a shoebox, talked about what it would happen, but since they were in there, they shared about Christ, and they started witnessing in all 18 classes. Isn't that incredible? And they're not just making a rippling effect in this area, it's going all around the world. Uh, last year, Tony challenged the Generate group to take China on as their trip. It turned out to be a 100% Generate staff trip, trained, uh, that went to China to go to areas that would not have it, and they ended up giving out 25,000 Bibles. Now think about that. And, and witnessing all over the place. Well, this is wild. One of my friends, a, a man I respect, a very, very successful businessman, happened to spend part of the time with, the, he bumped into this team in China. And I'm in Syracuse, and I get an email. And it says this, it says, hi, Chuck. I just wanted to let you know what a pleasure it was to travel with a young team, uh, with, uh, with a young team from your church. They represented your church, Grace for Asia, and the Lord very well. Their love for Jesus showed everywhere they went. Also, any non-Christian that spoke any kind of English was unsafe around them. <laughs> and it says, especially Noah. Um, it said, and he goes, I would be happy to serve with any one of them again if given the opportunity and his love, Jack Lansford. I mean, do you realize what's going on? This, this is amazing. At a time when we're not reaching students, this church is beginning to be effective, and we're trying to teach and train other churches to do the same thing. And, and, and we can't step back. It's a time we've got to do it more than ever, and, and we're watching it happen. By the way, uh, going back to our impact group, two of our fifth graders at different schools got in trouble. Are you ready for why? For witnessing at school. I mean, it, it's a pretty cool time. My life verse is Psalm 71, 17, and 18, and hopefully you have it to look at it. Uh, but but this, this is really, I think, shows where our church needs to have passion too. And it says, oh God, you have taught me from my youth. And, and I gave my life to the Lord when I was a youth, so that really applies to me. And he goes, I still declare your wondrous deeds. And even when I am old and gray, <laughs> that's my part, um, do not forsake me until I declare your strength to this generation and your power to all who are to come. That's what we're doing. That's what God's caused us to do in a way that's happened faster and bigger and better than we could ever imagine. And, and we believe this is just the beginning of where God's taking us because we need to reach out into this way. Another area we experienced amazing, amazing blessing this year was in our global outreach area. Uh, you know what? When I got here, I, I got to say, I just my heart broke because the missions had gone to nothing. Just very few projects, very little money going out, very, very little resources and energy. And, and I said, I want to have an amazing program. And we put together what we feel like is a five-year plan so that we'll get there in an amazing way. And, and part of it was we thought, wouldn't it be incredible at the end of the fifth year if we could actually have some people from Crossroads go out to be full-time missionaries? So that was our hope, to do that in five years. Well, well you know what, is, is we also won, in the fifth year want to give 11% of all our offerings uh, to missions. And, and so we started with 3% and this year's five. We're going to be jumping to seven, if not the 11 right away. But, but we're heading that direction. But this last year we have done things. This last year we gave $10,000 to Dr. Ajay Lal and his work in India, which we love. But next year we're going to give $30,000. Um, we gave $15,000 to a women's village in Peru, and that's going to become a central focus uh, of the Crossroads Mission Program to, to make that village successful in a place of love and care and hope, especially for women who have been abused and have nowhere to go. 
Uh, we gave $1,200 to a Nicaragua building project, $2,000 to a Mexico building project, which gave gifts for children and adults at Christmas that would not have had them. $500 bought school supplies for children in the Philippines in an area that needed it. $500 to a Peru building project for that women's ministry. And $2,500 grace for, for Asia. So, so we, we started putting our funds there and, and making sure people are taken care of. By the way, locally, we gave $10,000 to Inspire and $10,000 to Royal Kids Camp. And our dream is, is to go up, up, up and doing things outside our walls. Now, now we had prayed in five years, could we send out missionaries? And God said, no, you're going to do it sooner. And I already introduced them to you, but I want to have them come up again, um, Doug and Jennifer and Casey Kerr, uh, because part of why I want them to come up is I want to pray for them, but you're ready for this. Uh, uh, Jennifer and Casey are leaving Friday for Nairobi, Kenya. Uh, Doug's going to be going later. They're leaving Friday. I need to tell why, because Casey has to start school. But this is, are you ready? I want you to welcome our first full-time missionaries. Nairobi will be another central focus of what we do. And if you haven't caught it, are you ready for this? There's hundreds of thousands of children living on the streets of Nairobi under the age of eight with no one to care for them. Now, we're going to make a difference. We're going to make a difference in hundreds, if not thousands, of children's lives. And Doug and Jennifer and Casey will be a huge part of that. Also in spreading the gospel and doing amazing things. And so we couldn't be more excited about the group we're working with and networking with and what God's doing. But I want to stop right now and pray for them because they're going out. Today there's a reception for them where you can meet them and talk to them. But let's lift them in prayer right now. Father, I want to pray for Doug and for Jennifer and for Casey that as they go from us, that they would never truly be apart from our hearts, our minds, our thoughts, and our prayers. And God, may you bless them and guide them and make them effective in what they're about to do. And I pray that Casey would just right away make amazing friends and would love her school and love what's going to happen there and that she'll find her place to make an impact for you. And I pray for Doug and Jennifer in the area they've already committed to work, God, that you would give them wisdom, protection, and guidance and, and Lord, cause an effectiveness to come in ways that are incredible. And God, because of what they're going to do in a very hands-on way, they're going to cause us to be able to touch the lives of people in Nairobi and especially children and give them hope. Give them food, clothes, a place to sleep, education, but most of all, love and love from you and a truth from you. So I pray that as they go from us again, Lord, always they'd be on our hearts. And may they be the first of many that go out of this church family to touch and move your, the, your world, the world you want to shake in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. I'm excited for you guys. Cool. All right, man. So amazing things are happening. Last thing I want to tell you on the global impact side of it is, is uh, we will be very soon offering you an opportunity to uh, adopt a child. Now, I love what World Vision does, and if you're doing it through them, we'll cheer you on. And I love Compassion International, and we'll cheer you on. But, but what's going to be a little bit different about this is the children you're going to adopt will be a part of our, our actual mission work. In other words, if you go on a trip, you'll meet those kids and you'll know, or, or if you have people going from here, they can go meet the child uh, that you're minister, that, that's being cared for. And so there's going to be children in Nairobi you can adopt and, and get them off the streets and get them home or care or keep them off the streets. And there's going to be children in India. And, and let me give you a heads up on that. Uh, slave trading is illegal in India. But young girls, especially young girls, are being sold into slavery. Girls 8, 9, and 10 are being sold into enslaved prostitution. 
And uh, we're going to give you an opportunity to buy a girl out that you'll know the name of to get her out of that, to put her in a place of care where she can get education. And by the way, Ajay has set it up so that if she chooses to, she can go to nursing school after she graduates from high school so she has a future and a hope. And you could literally make the difference for her. And so we're going to be a part of doing that, and I'm excited about that this year. Now, I need to hustle because I want to share the other things with you. But God has blessed us in ways we can't imagine in other areas. One is in our singles area. Uh, we had a group of women come in that we prayed over this year, and, and Debbie Keaty was one of them. And Debbie looked up and she said, when are we going to finally have a singles ministry? And I said to her, I, I just, my heart's desirous for us to do that. The need is huge. Uh, uh, it's a huge need. It's a real need. It's, a, it, it's something a church ought to do. And I said, but I just don't know, maybe two, three years. And she said, well, I just wish it could be sooner. And when she left and they left, the elders all got together. They said, man, is there any way we can do it sooner? Well, I began to pray and, and who would be the right person. And, 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 and the name started coming to my mind, Doug Husen. Doug and Maureen, ever since I was at Crossroads, my dream is to have them with us together in ministry again, partnering together. It's been a dream, a heart's desire. And so I thought if I could find somebody like Doug to lead this area, man, that would be awesome. Well, you know, what we ought to do is probably see if we could get Doug. And so what happened is we made contact and, and Doug ended up being moved and called to come be back with us. And so my heart's desire was met. We kicked off our single focus ministry this year and the foundation's been laid. And in the coming years, it's going to get better and better and better. It's just going to be an amazing thing. Our worship area. Uh, uh, you know we made a strategic move this year to make our worship area far more spiritual with a higher level of intensity and integrity. And uh, I remember I, I sat down about July, August, started evaluating it. Sometime in September, we came to the conclusion we had to make the change, and we made a change that was hard and painful, but the right decision to make. And then what happened is I, I started praying, God, would you help us find somebody like Tim Roberts? And I told the, the, all the worship team people in the choir, I said, it's going to take at least a year to get somebody, but we're waiting for God's time, and, and we're waiting for the right person. And uh, what happened is I had a lunch set with Tim and, and I didn't want to ask him because he came from the church I used to be at and I thought they would kill me. And, uh, uh, and so I determined not to, but I prayed and prayed. If it was be him, that God would put it on his heart. And, and when we went away from lunch, I thought it's not going to happen. And then that night, Tim couldn't sleep. And in the early morning hours, he sent an email to me saying, is there any way I could come to the crossroads? And I'm like, oh my goodness. So what I thought would take a year took a week. And, uh, and we got Tim. And and. God does that. Uh, the, the school. You know what? There's been a division between Crossroads Church and Crossroads School that we wanted to heal. And I think we, over the last year, have healed that in, in an amazing way. I think emotionally and spiritually, we're, we're one. And actually, I know we are. Emotionally and spiritually now, we're one. Roger and I worked hard on that. And, and, and the school and us should be. But we came to the conclusion that it just didn't make sense for us to be incorporated separately. So this year, we've already begun, and we'll be finishing it out. Crossroads Christian School and Crossroads Christian Church are going to become one entity again. And, um, and that's exciting. That is so exciting. Now, I know you already know this, but in September, we're going to launch the high school. And uh, I am so excited about that. Beth Frobisher told me to tell you it's going to be a full academic college prep program that's actually going to be UC approved with credentialed teachers, uh, but it's going to have a clear uh, a spiritual focus, even though we use state curriculum, uh, a state approved curriculum, it'll have a very clear spiritual focus, everything about Christ, and yet it's going to be a high level academic institution. Uh, and so we're excited for what we're about to start. It's going to be incredible. But we also want to have a high level athletic program too. And, uh, you know, I, I keep saying it, and actually the person I'm going to introduce to you said, don't say it. 
beat modern day. Yeah, and uh, uh, that's what we want to do. But we're going to be kicking off everything except for football. That'll be coming uh, uh, in the fall in, in a way that makes sense. But this is so exciting that we've already started hiring staff because we're excited and moving and ready. And I have been so, uh, and there's a lot of people that we could get and who would have been incredible. But one of those incredible people we actually have already hired. And it is Coach B, Adam Bartholomew. And Adam, would you stand up? I want to introduce him. He's our new athletic director. And... Um, Adam is an amazing coach in and of himself, especially girls basketball and volleyball. His wife, Dawn, is phenomenal. We want to get her on staff one day. But to have Adam with us, his main emphasis is spirituality and, and, and character. And that's what will, will be the main focus of the athletic program, along with excellence. But, but having Adam on staff, a part of us, we've got an A player there, and it's going to be incredible. He'll be out in the lobby afterwards if you want to talk sports or whatever. He'll be there so you can meet him, and I want to encourage you to welcome him. Um, the other thing I want to tell you is this has been an amazing year for decisions. Uh, we have seen uh, uh, this, a number of people coming forward. Uh, it, it's been amazing to see happen. And so we last year at this time set what we thought was a, a really out there goal. I mean, we really did. We, we got together and said if we could baptize 550 people next year, that would be awesome. But you know what? That's not what happened. We, didn't, we baptized 550 people in the third quarter. I mean, did you look up here. Look how many people we baptized this year. It's just... Uh, Incredible. And I am blown away by the number of people that have made decisions for Christ this year. Uh, the number is going to pop up on the screen right now, but I got to tell you that it has been amazing to watch per people come forward to commit or recommit their life to the Lord and, and see life change happen. And this year so far, 2,710 people have come forward to make commitments to Christ. It has been an amazing, incredible time. It really has. Now, now I want to tell you, we have some dreams of the future. Uh, we have some things we want to accomplish. And so uh, what we want to do is uh, we have uh, uh, goals next year about commitment to Christ. We want to get a huge part of our family into the Word every single day. And that's why we're challenging you to journal. And I got to tell you the good news, uh, those thousands of journals we ordered are sold out. So we'll have to get more. Uh, but, but our dream is to get people literally meeting with God and, and being impacted by Him in a very personal, intimate way. We want to get every member of our church living the life you were meant to live. God had a plan for your life before you were ever conceived that he wanted you to fulfill and function in. And it's an incredible life, not always easy, but incredible. And our dream is to get every single one of us living that kind of a life, which means that we want to be level four people. Now, I'm going to get into what that means in a coming sermon series that's going to start next week and go all the way till June or July or August or September. Anyway, it's going forever. And uh, the rapture will happen before it ends. But... Uh, but here's the thing, is level four is something you can attain. It's not this out there, oh, I wish you could get there. Level four living is a commitment level living uh, where you're experiencing God in amazing ways. It's not about perfection. We all understand that. But our dream is to get you there. And next week, we're going to talk about what it means. And the week after, we're going to talk about how you go from level, you know, the level one and level two. And then we're going to talk about when you hit level four, how are you as a father, as a marriage? We're going to do some marriage stuff, how level four finances work, uh, how level four parenting works, how friendships work, how vocation. We're going to get into what it means to be that, that person. And, and I want to show it to you. And coming off tapestry, it's a really good step to take. But our dream is to get everybody there. And that means that part of our dream is to get every person who's a part of this family to use their spiritual gift the way God intended you to. So we have dreams and goals about that and ways to measure it.
Next year, our staff has dreamed and prayed, we want to baptize 1,000 people into Jesus Christ. Uh, by the way, now it's 993 more to go. But uh, uh, we want to do that. And I want to see the Sunday attendance, chapel, 9, 11, and 6, go over 5,000. That doesn't include children and everybody else. But, but we have that as a goal. We want to, in hopefully September, kick off our Elsinore campus. 74,000 people live in the Elsinore area. And we have done interviews and studies. And here's what we're hearing over and over. There's not a dynamic church in Elsinore. So we think it's time to go and reach people there. Uh, I always said we need to launch the high school, which means that you need to fix up the campus. Then we have huge levels of commitment to community. We want to have a high level of commitment to being the church family we're supposed to be. A family that loves each other, cares about each other, where people are known here. And so we want to be more effective in that. To do that, we this year would love to hire a community groups pastor who does community groups and sports. Because I think sports is one of the best ways to make relationships. You know, in volleyball, softball, basketball, flag football, uh, uh, you know, I paintball, you know, shoot people and become friends. Uh, you know, it, it, but, but, you know, in, in all ages and, and in, uh, you know, co-ed and, and, and men's and women's, and, and we found that we can do that effectively and we can do it very focused on Christ, so it's very ministry-oriented, but we need a pastor on staff to run that and we need to take our community groups to the next level. So my dream and prayers by spring will be able to hire that person and, and I think it'll transform our church. We need to redo our children's areas. And for all of you who have kids, our dream this year is to purchase a computerized check-in system. So uh, when you check your child in, it takes like two minutes instead of 20 minutes. And, uh, you know, I know some of you feel like you know what purgatory is, trying to check in your kids. And, uh, and, and the other thing is when you check them in, if you have any allergies or anything, it's immediately lit up and we can care for your children better. And so our dream is to do that. And then we want to have our performing arts go to a whole new level. We want to do Susical the Musical next year in an amazing way. And then we're really talking about doing Beauty and the Beast next year. And uh, along with some other things. So we have some community outreach, care, performing, all these things are on the line. But, but let me say this, that, you know, you might say, well, times are tough economically. You, you talked about that in the beginning. I mean, you know, we're doing good. W wouldn't it be a good idea for us to kind of circle the wagons right now and entrench? And let me tell you, the answer to that is no, 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 no. We've been studying, and we think we're right, right in saying this, that 80% of the people who live in this immediate area, our area of ministry, 80% do not attend a church regularly, if at all. There, there's no way we entrench right now. With the people's souls, eternity, families, lives are on the line. We can't step back. God saved us not so we could circle up. God saved us so we could go out. God saved us so we could make a difference. God wants us to do that. And uh, we can't hold back. Right now, there are 30,000 junior high and high school students in the Corona Norco Unified School District. Now, that doesn't include La Sierra, which we reach into, Elsinore we reach into, other areas we reach into. But you ready for this? In this immediate area, only 2,000 of those students at the most attend a church anywhere. Just in Corona Norco, there's 28,000 students to reach. And, and I think you agree, we can't let this generation go. And, and you know, the fact we have thousands is not enough till we get every single one. Because it's not about a number, it's about people, souls that matter. And, and so we've got to start focusing out. The last thing we should do right now is entrench. And I know some of you would say, well, economically times are hard. Well, let me remind you of something. I would hope that our faithfulness in giving to the Lord is not dictated by the economy. I really do. As a matter of fact, it was in economic tough times that Haggai was called to say to a group of people who were struggling financially, consider your ways. Isn't the reason you're in this problem because you're not making God first? 
Malachi said this. Malachi said, you're robbing God. And they would have said, but we're broke. We're poor. Our lives are horrible. We're in a true depression. And he said, but look at what you're doing. If you start committing to God faithfully, then you know what's going to happen? God's going to rebuke the devourer. And you know, I want to say that part of my challenge to you to be everything God meant you to be includes in the financial area. I, I, I want to talk to you later on more about debt-free living and the kind of joy that will give you. And, and, and I want to talk about how to strategize so you fulfill your hopes and dreams. But it always starts by being faithful to God first. And that's an area we need to do better as a church. If, if I take the bottom line, lowest possible economic level of Crossroads at this moment, I want to tell you our offering should be 145000 a week. And they're not. Now I know a few people are going, oh, don't talk about money. And I got to tell you, one of the reasons we talk about money is Jesus in Matthew 6, 21 said, where your treasure is, your heart is also. Almost nothing defines you better than how you handle your finances in giving to God and how you spend them outside of that. That's, that's what God teaches us in scripture. So I want to challenge you today to get faithful in that because as you do, not only will God protect and bless you, but this church will start being the church you were always hoping we would be. I know sometimes you look and you see our imperfections and I think a part of it is maybe some missteps we're making but another part of it is because people just aren't faithful across the board. We have an amazing number of people who are faithful in this area of their life but I'm going to challenge you to be. And why would I challenge you to be? Because I don't want you to be 90% committed to God. I want you to know if you're only 99% committed to God, you're still not committed. You know what, if, I, if you say to your wife, well, I've been faithful to you 99% of the time, <laughs> is that good news? No, no. And you know what, it's about us being sold out for God. And I want to challenge you more than ever to be sold out for God. And let me promise you something. When you truly commit your ways to God, guess what's going to happen? Think about it. All of you who already know scripture, if you truly commit your ways to God, what does he promise to do? Give you the what? Whoa, we got to teach that verse better. He gives you the desires of your heart. Listen to what it says over in Psalm 37, verse 3. Trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell on the land and cultivate faithfulness. Make sure you're cultivating your life, a faithful lifestyle. Delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. Commit your way to him. Trust also in him and he will do it. Do you know what, what I want to say to you is this. I, God's not saying our lives are going to be easy. But if you caught what's happened this year, I, I, we had a heart's desire for a singles ministry. It's happened. For the pole to be moved, and it's happened. For the school to be won, and it's happened. Uh, by the way, I forgot to tell you this one. We have a heart's desire within five years to open the cafe as a true cafe. Guess what? Next week, we're going to start opening it for breakfast with a dream to open it full time. And, and, and before I go, I, I know we're going long, but let me tell you this. It's not about having a cafe. We could care less about the cafe. It's going to be a place of ministry. So what happens is every person in there is going to be sold out for the Lord. And when you go in there, they're going to care about you. They're going to love you. They're going to be more into caring and praying for you than they are giving you food. And, and if you have a friend who's not a Christian and you can't witness to him, bring him to the cafe and we'll do it. Eggs, bacon, and Christ. You know, and, uh, you know, and, and, and so... You know, because we know our purpose. We know our purpose, you know, and, and, and that's it. And, and here's the thing. When we fulfill the purpose, it gets more exciting and more fun and thrilling, not just as a church, but for you. I mean, think about what God wants to do in your life. He looks at you and wants to bless you. He looks at you and wants to give you your heart's desire. And what we've been experiencing here, you should be experiencing personally. That's God's great calling. He loves to do that. Commit your way to him and he will do it. Trust in him and he will do it. And, and delight in him and he'll give you a heart's desire because God couldn't love you more than he does. He couldn't care about you more than he does. And, and I would hope, 
I would hope that if you did what many of us did, you sat back and looked at this last year, you said, wow, man, look what God did in my life. Now, if you can't do that, if you can't look and say, wow, God blessed me, God loved me, God just stirred inside me, God gave me this, God, then let me tell you, it's not because he doesn't want to. He couldn't love you more than he does. He couldn't care about you more than he does. He thinks about you. The Bible says more than there's sand on the seashore. He looks and thinks about you. And and if you're not being blessed that way, then I want to tell you that the the thing you need to do is commit yourself to him. And today, if if you aren't in a 100% committed, intimate, intimate relationship with God, I want to challenge you right now to tell him you want it because that's the beginning. You pray a prayer and you say, God, I want this. I want to commit to you. I want to be yours. And he wants you. So we're going to go to our prayer time right now. And if you've never given your life to Christ during the middle of the prayer, I'm going to stop and I'm going to invite you right where you're sitting to whisper a prayer with me. I'll say a line and you just pray it. So if you want to today for the very first time say, I want to be his, I'm going to give you a chance to do it. If you at one time used to be close to God, and, and for some reason, you're not right now. Well, I want to give you a chance to recommit yourself by saying that same prayer. So if the, God touches you or you want this, I hope, I hope today you're going to start this year by saying, I want to be his completely. Let's pray. Father, I praise you and thank you for what you've done in our church family this last year and year and a half. And God, I personally have never loved life more and I've never been more amazed in who you are and what you've done and And I look at the staff we have and the church family we have and the leaders we have and and, and the families and the people. It just blows my mind. And God, I could go on and on and on with the way you've blessed our family here, but Lord, right now, we just want to thank you for it. And I want to pray, Father, right now that your Holy Spirit would come in this room. And I pray you would stir and touch anybody here who needs to commit or recommit their life to you. Nothing to us is more important than that that they find your love, that they find the life you have for them. They begin to live it. So I pray for the man here today who needs to make this commitment and it's time and it's going to affect so many others in a positive way. I pray for the woman whose heart right now needs to be yours completely and you love her and she sensed it and now today is going to be her day. I pray, Lord, for the the students here who need to say yes and and say they want to join in what's become a revolution in this area. But more than that, let you revolutionize their life. There's some people here today who need to be set free. And I pray today they would say yes to you so they can be. Some need to be cleansed. I pray they'd say yes so they can be. God, I pray your Holy Spirit would stir right now. And ask that we keep praying. And if you're right with God, would you pray for anybody who needs to make a decision? But today, if you would pray that prayer with me, if you would commit your life to Christ, I'm going to ask you to let me know you're going to do it right where you're sitting. But I want to ask you to let me know you're going to do it by lifting your hand in the air and looking at me. And then you can put it down. Is God calling anybody today? And this is the day for you to say yes. Praise the Lord. That is so awesome. Praise God for you. Wow. Praise God for you. Wow. And up here, way up there, praise God for you. And over here, for you too. The reason I'm, oh, praise the Lord for you guys. Wow. The reason I'm asking you to raise your hands, it helps me to know who's doing this. So let me take a second more. Wow, praise the Lord. Wow, right there. Wow. Right here too. Let me scan a little more. Right up there. Wow, praise God, man. And right here, praise God for you. And right here for you too. Wow. 
And over here for all of you, praise the Lord, man. Wow. And right here for you, praise God, man. This is incredible to see all the people God's touching for you and for you and for you. All of you who God are touching, let's just pray this prayer together. He knows you and he loves you. Just whisper this prayer. Say these words. Say, Lord Jesus, I know you love me. And I know you died on the cross to forgive me of my sins, to heal me of my hurts, to make me alive, to make me new, and to make me yours. And I want this. So I open my heart to you. Please fill me with your love and fill me with your spirit and help me be who you have always created me to be and to live the life that you have for me to live. And this I pray in Jesus' name, amen.